This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon for the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, September 6, 2020. This recording is from the morning worship at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Birmingham. The principal text for the sermon is Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 14, which is the instructions for the observance of the Passover. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Before we jump right in, I just want to say how happy I am to be here this morning. This now makes the second largest crowd I have been in in six months. Um, And I am glad to be here with you uh, at St. Andrews um, as we begin to sort of figure out what our life together looks like in this unusual season. For those of you that may not know me, I'm Kelly Hudlow. Um, If you get emails from the diocese, that normally comes from me. And you may also see me across the parking lot. I am the clergy person in charge at Trinity Commons as we kind of navigate also an unusual start back to the college semester. Um, This summer in our preaching, we have been focusing on looking at the Old Testament um, and the stories of our our patriarchs and matriarchs and and what we learn about that today. And we've been paying interest to Moses and we get to the reading today in Exodus. I don't know if you um, perhaps open your Bibles to see what we skipped over, but we've gone from this wonderful scene of Moses in front of the burning bush and this revelation of God and God telling Moses, go back to Egypt to what seems to be a liturgical instruction manual, right? We've skipped over some really exciting cinematic parts of the story of Exodus, right? We skip over Moses and Aaron going to the people of Israel and to to Pharaoh and performing miraculous deeds of power. We've skipped over Pharaoh's increasing cruelty to the people of Israel when he demands that they make bricks without straw. We've skipped over everybody's favorite, nine of the plagues, right? There's been no turning the water into blood, frogs, gnats, flies, dead livestock, boils, thunder, hail, locust, and darkness. All of that we have just skipped right past to where we hit this hard stop of this interruption of liturgical instructions for how to cook a lamb and what to do on the Passover. Our reading tells us that this, this moment, this will be the month that will be the beginning of the year for the people of Israel. The instructions are very specific about getting a lamb for every household or sharing one, how the lamb should be cooked and eaten, what should be done with the blood, and to make it clear that what is stated are instructions for ongoing worship, the narrator adds, this shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, as a perpetual ordinance. The story of the Exodus is brought to a stop at this moment because this liturgy is marking the event that would change the people of Israel forever. 
right? We all have these moments in our individual lives. These defining moments might be when you get married or it might be the birth of a child or the recovery from an illness or the loss of a loved one. We experience these moments in community with things that are larger shared events like the April 2011 tornadoes or the Parkland school shooting or the killing of George Floyd. Events that don't just transform or mark changes for individuals but for whole communities. I would dare say that we are in the midst of a world-defining event or moment with COVID-19. These are events that when we talk about them, we talk about life before the event and life after the event. The events, no matter how short or long, forever change us and the way that we interact and look at the world. For the Israelites, the Passover is that event. And so in the very telling of the story of the Passover, God creates the worship, the liturgical experience to remember it properly. That's how important this event is. Ultimately, the people of Israel are instructed to mark and remember their liberation from slavery in Egypt. The plague of the firstborn that strikes at the heart of the Egyptian empire, taking its people, its livestock, and its God, is the mechanism to liberate the people of Israel. It is not the violence of that final plague that the Israelites are instructed to memorialize. What they are called on to remember is the trust and hope of that Passover moment. The blood on the houses is a sign to the people. It's not some magic incantation so God would recognize them. God knows God's own people. But instead, it is a public declaration of the people of God's trust in God's promise to act and save them. The lamb that is to be cooked simply and eaten that same night, this is a quick meal, something to be eaten on the run. There is no time for bread to be made with yeast. The food is ready for them so that they are ready to respond to God's action in the world. So every household has to have access to a lamb, and if they can't afford it, then one should be shared with them. Everyone needs to eat. This isn't an elaborate feast. No one should be, nothing should be left over or stored away. This is a meal eaten, standing up, dressed, shoes on, bag packed, ready to go. The people must also be ready to respond to God's act of liberation and to remember that ready response. It is this remembrance of trust and hope and liberation that is the context for Jesus's last night with his disciples. Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Passover celebration and for the gospels that give us the Last Supper, it is the Passover meal that Jesus interrupts with yet another liturgical direction. Now the bread is Christ's body. The cup is Christ's blood of the new covenant. And when we break bread and drink wine, we are to do it in remembrance of God's act of liberation and salvation through Jesus Christ. The understanding of the liturgical interruption in the Exodus story 
helps us understand what it is that Jesus is asking us to remember when he offers liturgical instructions for the Eucharist. Again, the people of God are under the oppressive control of an earthly power that is wielding the evil powers of violence and division and financial exploitation. And it is in that world that Jesus offers his body and blood as food and drink of liberation and trust and hope. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus confronts the powers of sin, yes, whether that is sinful behavior or the individual or demonic possession or the oppressive systems of empire. We make Jesus too small if we just limit him to being a first century social justice activist, but we make God's saving act of liberation too small if we limit it to our personal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, we are saved. Through Jesus Christ, we are reconciled to God. Through Jesus Christ, the power of death is destroyed. And through Jesus Christ, we are called into the community of the church, a community that is built on Christ's radical love. And from this community, we are sent in the world in trust and hope to bring liberation. I don't know about you, but six months into a global pandemic, six months of the ripping off of the band-aids of the wound of systemic racism in this country, I need some trust and I certainly need some hope. I need to be reminded that liberation came to the people of Israel during the plague of darkness. I need to be reminded that liberation is hard and dangerous work and that we need to be ready to move when the time comes. I need to be reminded that liberation isn't limited to just those who can afford it, but that the people of God must make provisions to share with everyone so everyone is ready to go. So perhaps like many of you, I'm gathering together for the first time in a long time to celebrate the Eucharist. As we receive the Holy Communion, let us remember that we are not just here for comfort, but we're also here for strength. That the meal we share today is a meal for preparation so that we can move our feet in response to God's liberation breaking into our world. Let us say, Alleluia. The food of our liberation is offered. May we eat it and be ready. Alleluia. The drink for our protection and God's salvation is offered once again. May we drink it in trust and in hope. And Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, our liberator is sacrificed for us. So let us keep the feast. Amen.